my pleasure. I would have been here anyway. Um, hi, my name is Howard. I'm an alcoholic and I live with mental illness a day at a time. And it's sure nice to be here. Um, Tusnua is my family, my support group, and in some cases, a power greater than myself. And uh, the least I can do to say thank you is to, uh, to share when asked. So, I'm 62. I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, in the United States. Uh, currently, I live in Columbus, Ohio, which is about two hours away. Uh, I'm on disability. Uh, my mental illness is pretty severe, and uh, I'm just glad to be this side of the daisies today, and so on. Uh, oh, happy Veterans Day if you're a veteran. I'd like to show off my, my favorite vet veteran. I don't know if you can see that okay, but uh, that's my dad, Richard Wayne. And he fought in the Navy. He served in the Navy in World War II at... Pearl Harbor. He was there after the attack. He he was not there during it. Um, let's see. What can I tell you about, about my dad? I never knew my dad. He died when I was two years old, and, and my brother was nine weeks old. And uh, getting information out of family about my dad was like pulling teeth. They never talked about his service. And I had to ask distant cousins for information on his personality. You know, what was he like? Was he funny? Did he pick his nose in traffic? Was he, you know? And what I ultimately came to find out is that he's just like me. Uh, decent guy. But you couldn't tell me that. You couldn't tell me that I was a decent guy growing up. I was in my own world, either feeling sorry for myself, depressed in general, very self-loathing, Communication in my family was not real good. Communication was done by yelling, by throwing shit. And, uh, you know, Ma did her best, but she also had uh, a clinical depression. So we put the funk in dysfunctional. Um, I picked up a drink at the age of 15 and I had arrived. I felt as though I had arrived. That inner voice that kept telling me all these nasty things was silenced. And I thought I was having a lot of fun with my new friends drinking. 
This is at the age of 15. The progression of my disease, and I do believe alcoholism is a disease. Um, the progression was really fast. And what started with beer became beer and bourbon. And uh, when I went, went away to school, um, I started drinking funky drinks like Brain Stoppers and, and Harry Buffaloes. And things that were really not meant for human consumption. I did very poorly in college. I was on academic probation uh, for two years before I dropped out. There was a lot of shame associated with my whole college experience. I had no business going to college when I was 18. Going right into the workforce would have been a better decision, but I wasn't really uh, known for my good decisions back then. About a week after my sophomore year at school, I went to a community party in Cleveland with my little sister, who unbeknownst to me while I was at college, uh, started drinking and using drugs. Um, and we went to this party together and she partied like a pro with my friends and my friend's older brothers. And it, I was really uh, stunned by the whole thing. And watching her was like looking in a mirror. And I said to myself, that this is just wrong. And I quit that night. You know, I didn't know from AA, I didn't know from alcoholism. I just knew that my drinking was hurting me, was the reason I dropped out of school was the reason at, at this point I thought it was the reason why I felt so bad about myself all the time so I quit the next day my first day of sobriety I started a summer job as an overnight camp counselor and was given 10 10-year-old boys to be responsible for that's not recommended if you're new try not to take on uh, too much responsibility give yourself a chance to get sober anyway I didn't understand what was happening to my body and my mind when I put the drink down. I was, uh, my moods were swinging and I was not a very good camp counselor. Um, somewhere during that summer, my sister was sent away to treatment in Louisiana and Part of her treatment was a family week, and I took a week off from this job and uh, saw the movies, heard the lectures, you know, sat in, in family groups, and uh, that's when I introduced myself as being chemically dependent. That was the catchphrase of the day. And uh, once they started working on my sister and her peers, they started working on me to stay in treatment. And immediately my defenses went up and, and I had every excuse in the book why I couldn't stay. 
but I told them I'd finish my summer job and be back afterwards. And they're, they're like, right, sure. So I uh, went to South Louisiana after my first summer of uh, staying sober on my own. And uh, South Louisiana is another world from Cleveland, Ohio. I can I can assure you that. Um, I I heard lots of lectures and sat in groups and um, identified as best I could, which really wasn't all that well. I think I compared myself to people uh, when I was new. After primary treatment, they sent me to a halfway house in Thibodeau, Louisiana for four months, which is where I learned some basic living skills, like making my bed every morning and brushing my teeth and holding down a job and basic living skills. I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, which were friendly enough at the time. Um, I have no complaint. After the halfway house, I moved back to Cleveland and Cleveland AA. And uh, I was um, I was uncomfortable going to, to meetings with, with all these new people. But I kept going because I knew in my gut I had to stay sober. I wanted to do that more than drink. So I went to lots of meetings, got myself a sponsor. Um, Eddie had two years sobriety when I when I asked him to sponsor me, and that seemed like years and years and years and years and years. I couldn't really identify with um, the the old timers at that point. It was the people with two years sobriety that I really connected to. Um, my my early sobriety was um, spent with with lots of activity, going to hospitals, um, meetings every day, sometimes two meetings a day, um, and activity at the meetings that I was going to. Someone accused me of running for president of AA when I was five years sober, and I took, you know, I didn't take well to that, but uh, they knew me pretty well, and I started to back off a little bit on being so visible. I think that's when sobriety started to become an inside job. At 10 years sobriety, I had a uh, really bad depressive episode where I uh, tried to kill myself by just walking in traffic. Um, when I get depressed, I get really depressed. Like can't get out of bed, can't leave the apartment, kind of depressed. And uh, my family put me in the hospital for the first time in 1991. 10 years sober, and I'm in a locked unit. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what I'm thinking. That's that's the weird part. Um, when, when my diseases are in full bloom, 
They make no sense, no sense to me, no sense to the people around me. I started in therapy, I started on medication. And for the next 20 years, I was probably on 15 different medications. Some I had terrible reactions to. Um, and I kept going to meetings, sponsoring, doing what I thought I needed to do. I prayed. Because that's what I was told to do. I had this blind obedience to uh, to my sponsor and and his peers, and and uh, that's what they told me to do. So I did it. I didn't really feel it in my gut. I don't think I had a very strong relationship with a power greater than myself back then. But I kept on trudging. I know a lot of people hate the word trudging when it comes to sobriety, but that's what it was for me. It was a day-at-a-time thing. Anyway, I had various jobs over the course of my recovery, uh, 10 years in food service. Um, I sold cigars. I was a limo driver. I was a radio disc jockey. And... Uh, uh, I stayed sober through all of that. Those those were pretty um, high uh, high anxiety um, jobs, and I left each one by either having an anxiety attack, a panic attack, or um, or just uh, quitting out of ineptitude. I don't know, but I didn't pick up a drink. And it was like that for about 30 years. As I got closer to 35 years sobriety, I stopped believing in a God altogether. And I was resenting the people at the meetings that I was going to because of their belief and that's not healthy but what happened was I started going from four meetings a week to three to two to one to none and I really rode this resentment I cut communication with my closest friends and eventually, after 35 years of sobriety, I picked up a drink. I went into a funk, and there was there was no... I was too scared to pick up the phone. I was too embarrassed to pick up the phone and call one of you before I picked up a drink. Like I said, my life has been a series of pretty uh, uh, unwise decisions. And to pick up a drink was the worst mistake I ever made. I can assure you that my life did not get better. It only got worse. 
and I stayed drunk for three years. During those three years, I had many panic attacks. The relationship I had with my second wife was deteriorating by the day. It was palpable. The, uh, the tension between us. When I was drinking, I had no communication skills whatsoever. I kept a lot of secrets and it ultimately ended the marriage. Sorry, I, um, so much has happened in the three years that I've been sober. I drank, I drank for three years. Then I got sober around the time of the uh, uh, pandemic hitting in 2020. Um, I couldn't go back to traditional AA. I needed an alternative. And I happened to meet a guy in Cleveland who was telling me about secular meetings. And he gave me the, the link to... Uh, to a secular and I started going to meetings out of Cleveland. And then I got introduced to Tusnua. Tusnua was pretty uh pretty new in those days. I think there were maybe 12 of us. But I knew after my first meeting of Tusnua that I was home. That there was a trust level that I didn't have at the meetings later in my sobriety. And I keep coming back. I try to be of service when I can. And uh, what life is like today is waking up more often than not being really, really grateful to be awake that day. I make a choice every day to stay sober. And I try to use my tools to deal with my mental illness. I've been hospitalized six times for my mental illness. It's a major part of my life today. And I use the program of steps and of sharing with you to maintain some semblance to maintain some semblance of sanity. I would talk about things like humility and gratitude and all that stuff, but there aren't enough of you here. That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm joking. Today, I'm in the right place. And I'm hanging with some good peeps. I signed up for the International Conference in September. I hope to see you there. 
And I think I've uh, talked enough. So, oh, I didn't talk about my painting. I paint. I paint every day. It's like therapy for me. And uh, occasionally I sell a piece. Woohoo. Um, I've given up watching TV. I don't have cable TV. So if I start feeling bored, I paint or I read or I reach out to one of you on the phone. And I don't pick up the first strength. And I'm grateful for that fact. I'm grateful for what I have and what I don't have. Okay, that's that's it. Thanks, Jim.